Can anyone catch them, do you think? Uh, yes, of course. As unbelievable as it sounds, this is another Arsenal podcast that is the Away Gunners podcast. We bring news and reaction from Arsenal fans from all over the world. On this episode of the Away Gunners podcast, me, Bob, Ellen and Arun get together to discuss positively the loss of Arsenal to Liverpool, the 3-1 loss at Anfield that we suffered recently. We discuss about the incident where Mane should or shouldn't have gotten a red card and the plays and the goals that we scored and conceded and also the chance that Laka missed. We also discuss about the transfer rumors and the alternate transfers that we should be pursuing. Also, for the first time, we take some questions from our listeners. Oh, and yeah, the predictions for the upcoming Sheffield United game. Hi everyone, welcome again to another episode of the Away Gunners podcast. We have got our regular gang together with us uh, in uh, Bob, Arun and Ellen. Hi, Arun. How do you guys? Hi, Vijay. Uh, Hi, Arun. Hi, Bob. Even after the loss, I don't feel that that defeated the last couple of wins. We were so defeated. But today I feel like we were a little bit positive about it. And we are having a high back from everyone, including Bob today. So uh, just to get the get the pod going, right? Like let's uh, let's just go ahead with the initial reaction of the three-one loss. Uh, I mean, it's the same result as the one we got with Emery at the end, but the results seem like a lot different. The mood seems a lot different than the three-one loss uh, that we suffered with Emery at, at the head. Bob, what do you say about that? What do you feel about that? See, yes, uh, you could you could argue that the result, uh, uh, I mean, that Emery got and then the one which Arteta got are both the same. But, I mean, if for one who had actually seen both those games, you could see the vast difference in terms of the way that the team is playing, which is very, very, very different. Um, there was absolutely no game plan when um, when Emery went there with his team. And uh, Liverpool just smacked us all over the park. And then the only thing that we, we came back or we were lucky with was just to the, stick to the 3-1 loss that we had. So um, this result was very different in a way because Arteta set up to a very, very specific way. And he almost was succeeded. I mean, if, if a little bit luck was on our side, maybe we could have actually come back with a point. But yeah, I mean, again... Again, Liverpool won the game fair and square um, thanks to their quality and then the way that they are, they are at the moment. So it's very difficult to stop them. Maybe, um, as I said the other day, if we had been very lucky, we could have managed to come with a point, not definitely with a win. Uh, but that's as I mean, um, that's as much about football. You know, I mean, it's 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 it doesn't favor you every time. 
um, if it comes to you, you got to be using that, seizing the moment, which we didn't. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, Ellen, your thoughts on the game? Just a quick thought on the game. Uh, do you think oh. this is better than Emery's game, or do you think, yeah, it's the same? Like, like at the end of the day, no results is no, what no, it no. comes. No, this is actually a lot more better. Like for a few things, one is like uh, we were very close to drawing the game, except for mm-hmm. few errors by few individuals. This would have been like a drawn game, like, uh, and that's what Arteta was planning. Also, he was not trying to win there. That being said, right, like one big difference to what Emery's uh, period and this period was that like uh, even though we were losing 3-1 or like 2-1, like uh, the team was still following the same exact instructions which Arteta was doing. They were like behind the coach. Like see, when you are winning, you follow coach instruction. That's a different thing. They were losing, but they were still sticking to the coach instruction, which was clearly visible. Like that kind of belief they have in Arteta that was visible in this uh, loss. Uh, so, mm-hmm. it's definitely a different team compared to Emirates team. They trust in Arteta. They want to do everything for Arteta. Fair enough. Fair enough. The coach has gained a lot of traction uh, with the uh, with the games. Uh, but in the long run, in a 38-game week, uh, lose, like if you take up the schedule for Arsenal at the start of the start of the season and look at the games that we would lose points. Liverpool would be the first. Liverpool at Anfield would be the first game where we would lose points. Is it it, Arun? Like, is that how you see it? Uh, okay, where do I start? Liverpool, Anfield, City at Etihad, uh, Chelsea at Stamford Bridge. These are the games that I expect us to lose points. Uh, Leicester at um, Leicester away as well. Uh, but if you talk about this game and if you talk about how we're playing in general and what it, it bodes for the next 35 weeks together, I see the difference is that there was no standout performer. There was no one individual good performer, but we played well as a team. If you think about the individual performances, everybody had like a decent to bad game, I would say. No, not There was no one standout player. But as a team, we managed to play well, which is very surprising because... This would have never happened with Emery, like Bob and Ellen said. You know, like there was no plan, nothing was going on. Uh, but the very fact that we were able to play well um, as a team against the champions, mind you, these guys are at a totally different level. Liverpool are playing at a totally different level. I wasn't expecting a draw. I wasn't expecting a win either. I knew we were going to lose. But the way in which we lost kind of gave me hopes because it's more about the team mentality, you know. It's not about individual players. We are not like a team that's um, struggling to, um, you know, avoid relegation, depending on one talisman to take us through. No, we're not like that anymore. I know we were like that with Aubameyang doing everything, but it seems like the focus is kind of shifting away from that, but the collective performance that the team put in. Everybody was willing to go. Everybody was willing to put in their shift. There were talks that, you know, right in the middle of the game, we got scared and Xhaka was yelling, you know, we're getting scared, we're getting scared. That is a... Bit of a negative, but I think I'm, I'm pretty sure we'll be able to iron that out. You know, um, if you ask me about the next 38 games and what next 35 games and what this bodes for the season, I, I'm pretty sure it bodes well for us. Uh, the very fact that we're able to like do something like this away at the champions, we almost came close to equalizing. You know, had it had Lacazette scored that score goal, had it been 2 2, things might have gone either way. You know, like Liverpool would try and attack all the time after that. And our entire game plan was setting on nicking a goal off the counter. So that would have very well worked in our favor. But, favor, but you know, it's all ifs and buts, right? So uh, at this point, I feel things are looking good for the next 38 games. Again, I'm not saying that we're going to be finishing top four or anything. But 
we would have a good chance with a couple of additions. But right now, I'm I'm happy with the gameplay. I'm actually I'm actually like satisfied with what we did. Okay, yeah. To put it into a context, this is like Liverpool's sixty-first game winning on the on uh, at their home. That's how good they've been at Anfield. But even then, um, but but the thing is, Bob, you mentioned that Liverpool were like runaway winners, but they were not uh, at their best when they started. It was not they had a plan against us, but you could see that there were moments where things could have gone differently, especially like. Mane getting that yellow for in the third minute, right? Even before that, he had this incident with like Hector where he collided with him, which should have been an yellow. In which case, the TNE incident where he actually got an yellow would have been the second yellow. Uh, people are calling it like an orange card, more red than yellow. So, what do you see about that? Yeah, we've seen we've seen a lot of games where there have been more softer yellows, isn't it? So. Um, that definitely could have been an LO, but yeah, I think uh, what I would think of as an incident is Mane somehow got out with it, you know, maybe maybe luck favoring them or whatever. So, but yeah, I think he somehow got away from that. Um, there's been a lot of incidents you could point at where it's been an LO card and then things could have had a different outcome altogether, you know, from that second incident. So Mane would have more been picked back from that and then he would have not done as much attacking as the way that he would he would have, I mean, I mean, he went on to do um, without the car. But, but uh, I mean, ultimately it is what it is and then we just have to chin up and then, you know, move on from that. In fact, I'm not saying that we've been denied something very blatant, but but in the context of so many things which has happened in the past, this is an incident which is not so significant, I would think. Yeah. So <laughs> I can see some like, heads nodding at me, but yeah, now I'm <laughs> So Ellen, Ellen, you can go ahead. You, I see that like, I mean, Mane was the man of the match at the end of the day. Right, like for Liverpool, he was the man of the match. I want to add a few things uh, here, Vijay. Like, uh, see, first of all, like uh, if you see the last few games of Liverpool and Arsenal, right, the big difference is Mane. And if you see the Tierney incident like, in isolation, right, like he will not do that like while playing for a ball or anything. He will just like man until uh, Tierney. And if you have seen in the like uh, Premier League games. For that, like even top strikers like Agüero has been given a red card, and like matches bad. This is like because it's making more like making an injury to the other uh, player. See that being said, right? Like I want, uh, I will agree with Bob on that. Like that didn't make the result to go that way. Like say, Liverpool's good quality is what what got them the result. And I'm also not saying it is biased on Arsenal. Like how normally it comes, like the referees are biased on Arsenal. I'm not going to that route also. But what I'm going to talk here is like. Uh, why referee would have given that as an yellow? The only reason is like if you see most of the Premier League matches or even world matches, the first five ten minutes, right, when there is even a big foul, right, like they generally tend to avoid giving red. Sometimes they even like avoid giving yellow, which they normally would have given like if it was after say sixtieth or seventieth minute. But so that, that is, I think. But is that that right? is not correcting? No, that is not correcting. But uh, I'm just trying to think from the other side and like. Not this referee, it's like majority of the referees do that. Like, uh, rule is a rule, so he should have got red. But, like, I can understand why an LO was given to him. And as I said, right, like, uh, that was not the main reason why we lost. So, like, uh, 
even though like i disagree with bob on like uh, that's not a red card like it is definitely a red card but i'm just trying to think from an uh, referee's angle why he hasn't given it because that's what we have seen it like if you take that incident as isolation many people would have given it as like red wardly many referees but like if you take like the first 5 minutes time period also right like 90% of the referees would have given it as yellow wardly and that's what happened in that match but the thing is this shows what uh, what liverpool has come up as a plan right they were they, their plan was to press us to get us to get us pushed into a zone we could see that happening with jaka where they were pushing jaka from making like any of the moves from turning over were there any surprises with the starting lineup and the first goal that arsenal scored because that's the first first actual incident we we i mean we could give up things like okay yeah leno made those couple of saves we kind of lived on the edge where like uh where we were trying to defend for our life and stuff but the first breakaway that arsenal had we scored a goal i mean it was not the perfect goal that we wanted but we scored a goal um so talk us about the goal ellen yeah uh, just to like your first question on like the starting lineup like i was not surprised uh, to see like uh elneny which many people would have thought because like for me this was a clear uh, plan by arteta that like we will like defend and attack on counter and then like after 60 70 minutes bring on our uh, uh, like uh, fast runners or like uh, attacking players and try to win it in the last 20 minutes exactly the pattern which uh, jose mourinho will do against teams like uh, pep guardiola's team like he has done it in chelsea he has done it in inter like uh, with barcelona at that time so he has done many times with real madrid too that was more like the template like we were following it up but that being said this time liverpool was much more smarter like uh, they were continuously pressing our teams and people like zaka and rob holding in particular were trying very difficult and like were failing like while trying to build up from the back so liverpool were continuously attacking and like they were looking like to score a goal and all of a sudden this happened a good counter attacking opportunity started by lacassette and finished again by lacassette thanks very big to like uh, robertson's uh, error like uh, and after that right like i could see like even bvd uh, making an uh, error like uh, for the first time in the entire game period right where liverpool went little bit back but that was a very short duration because they clawed back but like that was the thing it was like and uh, on the play goal it was nothing specific or planned or anything like it was just like uh, a counter attacking goal started by lakasate who passed it to aman and then like uh, aman's cross like lakasate was there again to finish it off bob go yeah, ahead i think um, i i just wanted to add to ellen's point that uh, with liverpool right so if you look at if you look at their uh, gameplay not just uh, i mean uh, with us you know you could look at any games the, so they will be keeping a very high line as what ellen mentioned so which makes it easier for all of them to press high um which also leaves them an error um a margin of error and, and it's almost predictable that in every game there will be one such moment where they would open up and if at all a team a good counter attacking team would use those pockets of space to actually go forward and then like i said just exactly did that it was perfectly worked in our favor in terms of the gameplay and then we were able to exploit liverpool in that area and we heard them as well um that was actually the best part of it um it was a clear poachers goal and and arteta very well expected liverpool to make that mistake and he actually set up um maitland niles and lacassette to use that space and then you know to score that goal 
it was tremendous play. Um, just that uh, the sad part was we didn't actually hold on to that lead for long, as as we all know. Um, partly due to, um, I would say it was it was more due to Rob holding, not not being firm, and then you know, um, bearing. I I thought was very poor that day. Yeah. But the thing is, uh, when we are talking about that goal, uh, it started with the playing out from the back. We started with playing out from the back and like we tried that playing out from back a couple of times, which uh, Liverpool kind of stopped uh, us from doing exactly the same by pressing Jaka so well. But that was a ball that was played by Jaka to, it was almost like a half a field pass from Jaka to Lacazette, who then placed that first touch pass to Mainland Niles, which makes me think with the pressure that was on Chaka from not allowing him to make his passes, that was a plan to let Chaka have the moment so that Eleni could screen and then Chaka could have his moment, pick up the passes. That was the plan. That was what I could see as a plan. But when it was not working, when it worked one time, but it was not working from then on. And Liverpool kind of used that as, our, as their point to kind of like push us into a zone. Uh, there was this wave and wave of attack from Liverpool, right? Like, and then it led to the goal that Salah created, Mane finished, and all those uh, errors that we keep talking about Tierney making that error on Salah and all those things. Uh, but Arun, the, the goal was like expect, expected, right? Like we expected that goal from, from Liverpool, from Salah, from Mane. You're right. You can never keep that Mane guy quiet. You know, he's probably the best player in the team. He's the one who makes the differences. He, in he, the league. He might be someone who slaps Katie, but he's the one who makes all the difference. So there's in, one guy outside of Arsenal that I like in the league. It's him. You know, it's, he's, he's unbelievable. He makes that team tick. But the thing was, our defense, like, first starting with that tackle on Keita, uh, someone should have had him. Either Luis or Xhaka uh, should have had him. We have played advantage. And then what they do, no one goes for the ball. It's crazy. No one went for the ball. Firmino had all the time in the world to turn around and slip a simple pass in for, for Salah. You know, I was, I was really surprised. Both of them were just standing there. It made no sense to me. And then Salah just kins to me. I mean, like, I think this is Katie's first big test, you know, like playing against, like, I, I think he's realizing what he's coming to now. You know, like, Katie is amazing. No, no doubt about that. But he was due for a bad game. Uh, and I'm happy that it happened in a game against the champions, you know. You don't really want it to happen against like a low-level team where that could be the reason for us dropping points. Here, this is a game that I know for sure that we don't have a lot of chance to win. And if this is the bad game that KD is going to have, I'm, I'm, I'm fine with that. But everything that um, led to the goal, everything that happened in the build-up to the goal, clearly kind of for me, demonstrated the vast gulf in quality in in uh, like the cohesion in the way in which teams have been functioning it, it just clearly showed you know in that one particular goal here we are talking a lot we're picking our team up for playing a system that has been set in place for nine months and we're playing against a team that has been doing the same drills over and over again for the last three to four years with a core that has been very stable you know that makes a huge huge difference in the way in which teams play the game and that was very evident in the second goal. They knew who they, ha they had to target. They knew they had to target Shaka and Lewis. It was very simple. And Katie, uh, yeah, like at that point, I don't think he had a chance. So, 
everything that happened in the goal for me just showed the the, the gulf in you know the, the the quality and the gameplay that's all it showed for me uh, because i think arteta as well acknowledged that uh, fact in his uh, post match conference that you know you could see the difference in the class yeah. between the two teams uh, exactly. rather than rather than actually you know finding um, other things to blame at he actually took took note of that and then he pretty much mentioned it plain and simple Yeah. The, exactly. the, stat, the stat that show the the stat that shows how much of a gulf in quality we are is like Liverpool had twenty one shots and we had four. I I, I wouldn't I wouldn't I wouldn't uh, put a lot of uh, if, if, uh, emphasis on that just because we were set up to play that way. You know, you the team went to Anfield and was set up to play that way we were supposed to take four or five shots convert one or two of them and make a draw that was the plan uh, so liverpool coming with 21 shots they're playing at home they're playing against a defense that has lewis holding and kt who was not at his best very expected and you have elneny in the middle you know it's it's not there's no midfield cover so the 21 shots and the four shots comparison i wouldn't put a lot of emphasis on that just because it was the way in which we are set up but uh, it's it's more about like you know how the passing was going on how the teams were set up and how they literally skinned us for the first goal so that's that's where i feel like you know the the quality was um, very apparent the goal was very apparent okay um to go from the first goal we would, we would have to go to the second goal which robertson scored i mean everyone were talking about how he made the mistake to the first goal that arsenal scored but there is an inter- interesting stat that i could throw about robertson is that of the last uh, eight games that he has played he has scored or assisted in seven of them so it was like it was like he would do it at the end of the day that's going to happen and uh, the second goal was like created by both the left back like both the full backs for for liverpool like just coming from trent alexander arnold like the ball was like so inviting and like where was willian for that goal ellen do you think that that was willian's fault like the the second goal no i would say it's both willian and bellerin's fault but more on willian's side like willian didn't track back at all like uh... that was like one of the major reason but uh, bellerin was also partially like on fault the like uh, he was also not uh, doing his positioning proper so it was like uh, everybody's uh, mistake it was like a collective team mistake is what i will say mm-hmm. and as uh, uh, arun said like uh, the golfing class was might be a reason for that because like uh, they are playing this system in day in day out for like 3 to 4 years they have just started at like willian is again a new player to the system so like when liverpool pressed right there will be definitely some panic and other thing so because of that right like you might not be able to do what you are like practicing in the uh like uh training ground so so i think it might be like uh, that could be see i'm trying to see it in an optimistic way but like uh, definitely it's uh, bellerin said billion's fault but but the we could is... have like easily uh, stopped that goal like uh, that was like uh, yeah but a the... great uh, goal yeah but my point is right like willian was preferred over pepe in that game for that defensive stability right like pepe would not do at least that's what i thought the point of picking willian ahead of pepe for that game was exactly that pepe would would not be able to track back would not be able to stick to the position as ateta intends and this is a clearly a point to prove that uh, it's not so 
Willian might not do. Just to stop you there, yeah. you said Pepe might not stick to the position, but what position was Willian sticking to? That, exactly, exactly. That's my point, right? Like, so, so in that regard, do you see us dropping Willian and like picking Pepe up for 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 the rest of the season? Because we are not looking like we are going to sign any wingers. So, is it is it like, or is it like uh, it's a one game? Let's let's leave it at that. I don't. I what think do you it's think? Too early to call. Um, yeah, Bob, go ahead. No, no, I was just going to say it's too early to call um, for Williams State at the moment. So I'll probably give 10 more games for him to see how he does, especially in the big games to see if in case he's, he should be more flexible to track back. Uh, but then, you know, I mean, earlier you mentioned about the stat um, um, on Robertson. Mm-hmm. It quite sums up his gameplay as well. So uh, he has the knack of uh, moving those intelligent runs. And um, I mean, uh, Firmino, for one, like like I said, as we have compared, they're um, different players again. Uh, but then they have the ability to um, hold on uh, players from the opposition and create spaces for the fullbacks to penetrate and then move in, which is very, very intelligent. So the last thing that you would have expected or Baron could have expected from the right wing is for Robertson to come in and then pounce on the cross um, to score a goal. And he he just played into uh, you know I mean we played into his his step uh, that we could say um, so I mean you could do all the tracking I mean you have to be more vigilant um, especially when playing against Liverpool that's for sure that William uh, would have learned from the game uh, but but even with that the the level that they are in they can exactly know how to actually weaken you or you know try to find out gaps in you. Um, which is what Robertson did. <laughs> yeah, Ellen. Uh, just to add uh, one thing here, like if you see right in the very beginning of second half, William would have tracked back and saved the goal. Like uh, that showed like he has learned from his uh, earlier mistake. Uh, that is expected from a senior uh, professional too. So I don't expect like uh, Pepe to come in very quickly like to replace William. As Bob said, like uh, we will be seeing like uh, again another like uh, run of games after which one day it will happen. But because like there are other games also, the European games and other things. So Pepe is not like uh, idle. Like he's going to start week in week out also. So I expect William to continue until like say uh, November uh, beginning or like November late. I see a lot of uh, con- conversation around Pepe, right? Like Arun, go ahead. If I may just add on, I think I have a very different view on that. Uh, for me, I believe that William is a player who who should be used more as an impact player or like someone who can bully the teams like Fulham, the ones that are like you know 14 to 20 sort of. So those are the teams where like we need a guy like William. But apart from that, if we were to be playing like the top teams, I think we should be playing Pepe because I'm I'm like it's not just because I want him to do well or I'm like a big fan. It's just the very fact that he has something that William doesn't. You know, William might have the experience, but Pepe has the X factor. So. So in that sense, in that sense, I would I would really feel that you know it should be Nico starting the games with William coming in as an impact player. And one last point about the fullbacks, I really believe that there's no comparison because we are talking about like the gold standard of fullbacks in the Premier League when we talk about Liverpool's Robertson and TAA. So I, I really don't think there's any comparison. We can only expect like KT and Baron to be half as good as they are for us to have any impact. So that would be my thing. And I would definitely feel that William should be used as a more as an impact player. 
So actually we finished the first half kind of with Liverpool on top but then like I felt the, that we kind of grew into the game in the second half um especially after the substitutions uh Ellen what do you think of the substitutions when we brought in like Sabayos in for Chaka I expected Elneny to be replaced to be frank and then like Chaka to be replaced it was like it was a bit of a shock because you rarely see shaka being taken out of the game you always see the last instance i remember him being substituted was at the dreaded crystal palace game where he he had that meltdown yeah. but like under emery and arteta i have not seen a lot of replacement where shaka is being substituted on so was that a bit of a statement from arteta or like was that needed mm. No, no, I think like Arteta continued with his tactics. Like as I said at the very beginning of the part, he had a clear tactics. Like we will be like defensive, we will do counter-attacking and we will do like uh, other attacks when like at the last 20-30 minutes, like when like uh, the opponents will be tired and like uh, they will not do that kind of opponents they were doing and like we will use our attackers at that time to attack. And Arteta went exactly on that. Uh, see, I could see two reasons why like... Uh, we did was like art like zaka was little bit struggling for the due, due to the press and like we needed defensive stability because raw bolding was also struggling at the back like compared to his earlier games so retaining elneny will give you that defensive uh, like uh, uh, formation still like without like uh, losing anything and sabellas right like uh, he was not asked to play his usual role that day like he was allowed to roam freely more compared to the other games because he knows like uh, arteta was like this was more like arteta trying to outsmart uh, uh like a klopp klopp was doing more pressing so that like our back play doesn't uh, happen he was trying to do outsmart that by allowing sebelas to make use of the high line which liverpool was like playing and we in fact like did lot of good things after sebelas came in the other substitutes were straightforward pepe for willian or nikitia like uh, coming very late was like trying to get uh, something as like plan b but like uh, the chapara substitution of zaka was mainly for that like without uh, affecting our defensive uh, formation like he wanted to attack uh, in the second half yeah but then uh, the you were mentioning about pepe substitution for willian like the most uh, volatile point on that was like the two uh, failed or mishit corners that he took right lot of people have been slating him for those two corners what was that arun i can see you laughing go ahead <laughs> honestly like i said before i'm a huge pepe fan and i want him to really do well i know he can do well but when i saw those corners man it was hilarious like you have a corner at that point where you have to make a difference and what do you do hit it to the first man i mean come on man you you're a professional you're being paid like how much 72 million that's what that's how much we paid for you we're not a rich club and you do that shit man come on you but, know it was crazy but that that's but, the thing I, but I really maybe was, that was a plan maybe that was a plan like plan plan what like to send it to the first player right there and waste the corner at that point i really don't know i don't think that was the plan there so i, I don't because the thing is right like it was not like done once i mean it failed the first time and he did exactly the same and it was like minutes after Yeah exactly right. so that makes me think who's stupid there is it Arteta or Nico doing the same thing over and over again knowing that it's failing so i i really don't know what was the point of all that you know it, it, if if Nico has to start he's a very he's he's a player who thrives on confidence of the manager you know mm-hmm. so if Nico needs a good run you cannot expect him to come there 
and just like me, he's he's completely short of confidence. You can see that in his game gameplay. And you ask him to come and and create an impact in the 80th minute. I mean, with with the current thing, it's not going to happen. I know we played uh, we paid like a lot of money for him, but it's not going to happen. And that showed in his gameplay. You know, he was just nothing worked out for him. It was it was crazy that nothing worked out for him. But I. <laughs> To answer your question, I don't know. You know what's going on? I don't know. I don't know who's most stupid at this point. Ellen, Arun, Vijay, you are worried about the corners. We had two foul throws by Ballerin in the same game. Oh yes, like that was even more worse than these corners. Did, did you did you see him like did you see him talking to the refs saying like I've been taking it the same way all my life? I was like, I was yes. Like, I was like, what the what the fuck? Like it was it was completely uh, like I've never seen it. Have you ever seen something like that, Bob? Like where two foul throws like awarded to like a player any league? Like I've never seen it in any leagues. <laughs> See, I know I know Rory Delap is a um, you know throw, <laughs> free throw specialist, but uh, even in this dream, I don't think he would have actually done any of those whatever that Bayern did. Just, and what was just, wrong? I mean, I I don't get it. Like, what was wrong about the throws? Like, it looks I same. Everything, everything, what uh, Bearing did on um, on that game was was wrong. I felt um, his questioning <laughs> was very wrong. Sorry, sorry, guys. I think um, I mean overall, I felt he had a very very poor game. If I, if at all, I mean, I needed to give any marks. I probably would have actually given him one mark for actually trying to imitate Kentini. By tucking in his shirt, <laughs> <laughs> that's as much as what he deserves in that game. You know, he was he was absolutely, uh, you know, he was not he was not really doing anything that a defender should do or what a wing back should do, um, or at least what a team player should do in terms of covering things. You should you should not actually be marking the same player, um, or both more than one player should not be marking the same opponent, which is which is the first basic rule of any any defending. So uh, he failed to do any of those. I don't know. Maybe I'm just hoping that it's just a blip um, for a game. And again, coming back to the corner, that was that was really poor. I don't know. I thought maybe when the looks of it, you know, it, it, they had a very clear plan in terms of how to do, which is pass it to the first man and then try and penetrate the ball through the goal. But that was clearly not happening and when they when they miss it that or when pepe miss it that for the first time then he should have realized it's not working and they should have gone in for the plan b or something which they never had i thought so um, liverpool were happy to concede those two corners and they could have even conceded more of those you know but, but the thing is right uh, we were talking about like the corners uh, especially with van dijk there with uh, with 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 the aerial powers of liverpool what would have happened if we would have gone for like the a deep corner or a, or a corner closer to the keeper i mean it would have been the same like uh, van dijk would have cleared it very very clearly maybe this is a plan i'm being optimistic here um, but yeah moving on from that right sabayas when he came on was really impactful he created a lot of chances so the the elephant in the room the missed chance of lacazette I mean, it was not the first chance he missed. The other one, maybe it would have been a, an offside just moments before that, uh, which he didn't convert either. Uh, Arun. Okay, so you're bringing in your attacking player, you're chasing the game, you're going for a goal, and this guy comes in and slips the most delicious pass that you can ever see. It's, it's been a long time since I've seen a pass like that. And then it's, it's, he's splitting the Liverpool defence. It's not an ordinary defence, fucking Liverpool defence. 
and what does Lacazette do? Gets the ball. He doesn't even look up. He has he has everything premeditated. He wants to go to the right, and he doesn't even look up to just kick the ball up. Allison had had seen everything. I don't know how he saw that. I mean, like the way in which he moved to his left right away, he made himself big, and all that Lacazette would do is just hit the ball right at him. I mean. These are the chances that that you would expect your premier striker to take. You know, he's supposed to be a guy who was setting like the the French league on fire, and he was a guy who was uh, the best team player of the last season, uh, the season before, I think. Uh, when you have a guy like this, you would expect him to score nine out of ten times. And unfortunately for us, it was the one time that he wouldn't score that fell for us. You know, that goal yeah. would have made a huge difference in the context of the game. We were two one down, totally short on confidence. And that goal would have meant that we were two all and given us more of a chance because Liverpool, after that point, would have gone for goal for sure. We were going for one point, they were going for three. You know, that makes a huge difference. Your, your objectives make a huge difference on the outcome of the game and the way in which you play the game. So at that point, when it was two all, we would have compressed and just uh, tried to defend all the time and maybe nick a goal on the counter. But that didn't happen. That was a huge miss. That's not the kind of miss that you expect from your premier player. But again, Everybody has had those misses, right? Aubameyang had a miss. Andre in the Champions League finally he shot it straight at the goalkeeper. So it's it's I I wouldn't just like point this out, but yeah, it was a very disappointing miss. It could have definitely turned the game around to something else. You know, maybe we could have come up with a point. Maybe we could even need to win. Uh, you made you made an amazing point about Allison. Like because the thing is, right? Like I don't see this as a miss, but more as a save from Allison, right? Because the, there is another ball like after Lacazette is substituted. Uh, Eddie comes along and then a similar kind of like a through ball is played by uh, Sabayos. And then Allison comes off his line, comes out of the box to kick the ball away. Right? That's another save. Allison made two great saves to deny. If it was not Allison coming off his line, Eddie would have scored right there. That's that's true. I agree with you. But the Lacazette goal, Allison, all that he did was one move. I don't think that one move would have like prevented this guy from scoring just because if you notice he was having the ball he was never looking up like I said was never looking up you know when you're a striker it's very important at that point when you're one on one you need to have a plan in mind and when when you have a plan like that which which was doomed to like not work you know right from the beginning when he was not looking up I was like okay this is not going to go in it made no sense he has to look up and it, had he looked up he would have seen where the goalkeeper was where he moved and you know, like usually you see players trying to chip the goalkeeper from that point, not hit it straight at him. You know that that was a big thing. I don't know if it was a lack of technique or lack of confidence, but that was a big thing. If you call it a save, I don't know. I would call it more like a miss. But like I said, for me, it was definitely a miss. He should have scored that. Yeah, uh, I just want to add one thing here. Like uh, you talked about the top side of one, right? Where he was again one on one, and he missed yeah. it. Yeah. I, and this happened very quickly. I think that was still running on his mind because it looked more like. Uh, Confidence issue for me, or like uh, not having belief on himself. Like uh, I'm not sure whether the offside one uh, had an impact on him, but that looked like that for me. But that's not how strikers have to work, right? Strikers shouldn't be like that. Strikers should be able to like push it out of their mind. The next chance I get, I have to put it out. I mean, that's the one of the good things about Aubameyang because he misses a lot of goals, but then it never gets to him. I think like it was. Uh, uh, it was uh, Raul who said that, or uh, no? I think Sven. Sven who said when we signed uh, Aba, he said that Aba is a guy who will miss goals, but that's not going to impact him. He would not let 
things that happen on the ground impact him. And we have seen that a lot of times. Whenever he misses a penalty against some uh, Spurs and then he comes back and scores freaking all the goals that he wants. Um, but then like... Yeah, no. yeah, yeah, go ahead, Bob. Um, now, I'd just like to add one more thing about Lacazette, since I've been following him for quite a long time. Um, he actually, he's one who thrives in team's confidence and then uh, what what actually the team instills in him. Um, um, so even if you look at the past history of uh, the slums, which Lacazette had, um, most of the time he's been able to come out of it was... Thankfully, due to Oba saving him some of these goals and then, you know, letting him take some of these penalty corners in the, I mean, penalty kicks in the past. So, um, if not for, if not for Oba, I would, I would strongly think that, like I said, would not have been here today, um, still with the team. Um, so, Yes, I would. I would agree with Ellen that you know possibly the offside was actually running in his mind, um, and he was trying to do a similar thing, um, which he shouldn't have because the easiest thing even Theo Walcott would have actually done in that circumstance would have actually uh, chipped the ball over the keeper. You know, and Allison is no. not. Still, I would. I would strongly think that Allison is not the best keeper in the league. Um, and Allison could have been outsmarted had he been clever enough. But yeah, I think that was our chance. And then I uh, miss Carlos Vela there. <laughs> <laughs> our chipping guy. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> okay. So the one on one with keeper, he's the best. <laughs> so we have got to the point of Carlos Vela. I think we have to move away from uh, the lack of said discussion right now. Uh, but the the other thing that I wanted to bring out be- before the final goal, which was which was mostly like a, like a goal that ended the game. Um, but the thing is, one of my friend who's a Liverpool fan was mentioning to me like he was scared. He was scared till the 80th minute. Something might happen. We might score. It might be a draw. It might be a win. Uh, he was scared. That's a new thing. Because like when I was talking about Emery game, right? Uh, it was 3-1, but Liverpool scored all three goals before the 70th minute. And we scored the consolation goal with Torreira at the 83rd minute or something. So we were not in the game and then we scored, a, we nicked a goal. That's what happened with with the Emery-led uh, Arsenal to Liverpool. Um, so, but we were in the game, but then the last goal happened. Jota was trying to score uh, trying to shoot before that, I think there was a there was a shot on the side netting which Salah was uh, ruining about. Like Salah played Jota through and then Jota shot on the side netting and stuff. But then like the goal came in. It was like a lot of people are talking about how the goal had like a handball in it. So Ellen, what do you think? Does does that goal have a handball? Like, do we have to check that? Do we have to like? Like no, not exactly. Like uh, my initial thought was also that was an iron ball, but like when I saw that uh, more times later on, like as part of my analysis, it is like fifty-fifty. Like it is okay even if you give it as iron ball or if you don't give it as iron ball, also it is okay. It is such kind of a thing. Like it was not exactly like the other iron ball decisions we are seeing now. So like uh, I won't go much into that whether it was an iron ball or not because it was more fifty-fifty and any decision is correct decision there. Mm-hmm. Okay, but the last stat that I would like to throw at you was um, Arteta's team has dropped more points from winning positions than any other PL side since he has taken over from December. 
we have lost 18 points from winning position is that something that we should be scared of bob do you think that this is a stat that kind of typifies we have been talking about growth and our ateta and stuff but we are we are the team that has dropped more points from winning position since december in pl no see I, it's definitely a matter of concern yes i would agree with you but but bear in mind arteta has been only in the team since you know for the last 9 months and it's a very small sample uh, a and then uh, this team is actually undergoing a lot of rebuild at the moment it's a complete shift in methodology in terms of what emery was doing um to what arteta is trying to do and he doesn't have the right personnel i mean he to take at least two to three transfer windows for him and then some budget as well um for him to get the team that he wants and then play the way that he would want and if we happen to do that like you know i mean um after spending almost about 400 million plus on defenders if Uh, like pep and then you know still go on to lose games that's that's pretty much a bad thing you know that's that's actually the point when you start to worry it's not working but we are in early times and our team is relatively new and they are still trying to you know they are trying to get uh, used to this system and then they are trying to see for one example i would say that um, we are doing passing triangles much these days with the keeper on which is something which you don't see it much often even in high pressure pressing games we've been coolly doing that passing triangles and trying to get the ball out of those front three um which is something with with, with the defense that we have right now you have to mention Correct. that yes, as well exactly yeah uh, we we don't have the right personnel for the job but we are still trying to do the job in the best way that we can and these things of course takes time you know once you once you forge a team and once you instill a mentality and once it starts working in the training ground um that's when you can expect to see results around so say suppose liverpool are in such a um, state they would exactly know what they need to do to you know try and get that try and be on the winning side of things and that's that took them like a good to 3 to 4 years for them to you know get there and we would of course you know if we continue to go around this path we can definitely shrug this off and then you know try to be better but this is a team um this is a work in progress and i feel i don't it's not probably necessary to go into these stats it's something yes we would like to get it corrected but of course it it's going to take a while it's not actually a one stop wonder Yeah uh that's so true because Arteta in his post match said the same thing when they told about when they talked about Liverpool he was like because we have a huge gulf in quality and it's not something that we could do with just training alone which i think is a shot at uh at at the transfer spending arun your thoughts on that yeah so just one more thing to add uh, it is it is definitely a shot at the transfer spending but if you think about it we have a system you know it was a system that has been put in place it's going to take time like bob said we never had the system before we never had the system during emery's time uh, we never had the system during the last few years of wenger's reign you know there was no there was no cohesion players were doing what they wanted especially during emery's time it was it was very funny it was like watching a group of us play football in a ground where everybody just running behind the ball or like watching a football <laughs> scene from a movie you know so for me like shaolin now, soccer exactly, shaolin soccer would have been so much better honestly <laughs> but the thing is right now 
uh, we have to trust the system. You know, the system is yielding results. Uh, like Bob said, we are playing out from the back no matter what. We are creating all these passing triangles. We're waiting to uh, get the opposition players committed before we can do something. And while they're doing it, they're not panicking. Uh, if he can get that with the current personnel that he has, then I would definitely not uh, doubt the system. I would doubt the players. So more important for me at this point is investment and getting the players that he wants rather than doubting the system. The system is working fine. And he has shown that he can get something done within like nine months, which is huge considering where we were like at the end of the when Emery left, you know? Mm -hmm. So, and uh, given that, I would really feel the system is perfect. Not perfect yet. It's getting close to perfection, but it's very much dictated by the players who are playing in the system. So he gets his players, it's going to be much better. So I wouldn't panic uh, with the stats and I wouldn't like start doubting Arteta yet. Uh, Bob, so moving on from the game and Arun kind of touched on it. The system is working, but will he get his players? Uh, do you think we'll get our players? Like our hour seems to be, seems to be dragging on. Partey seems to be not happening. Is there like, a, is there like other players that we should be looking at or we are looking at? Instead of like See, pursuing um, something that we will never get. Like we don't want a Benzema situation and ending up with Giroud. Um, I, I would say I, I would say better be prepared for such a such a situation because looking at the current state of things, right? We are not we are not able I mean we've not been able to ship the players that we wanted to move since a very long time. I mean, right since when the window opened, we've been not so public, but we've been making um, enough statements to say that uh, probably um, Socrates doesn't have a future or uh, Torreira doesn't have a future or even Mustafi is up for sale, you know. I mean, if, if the right price comes in or Kolasinac doesn't have a future. Um, despite all the things, you have not been able to sell even at least one of them. Yeah, Martinez was definitely a, a, a bargain sell. And one that you would one that definitely um, has helped in get some much needed funds for us, but uh, we've not been able to ship the players that we want, and that has actually affected the incomings for the club as well, because we've been very tight on the numbers here, and uh, we can't afford to you know have more people coming in just to not really sit around and then you know earn, earn wages. You know that that's not how this club works. So unfortunately with this, you know, his hands has been really tied with the players that he could go out for. Maybe he could have actually pursued the board to, um, you know, get both um, OR and party approved, but that's probably not going to happen until we are very clear in terms of what the outgoings are. But what's the plan B if we don't get OR and party and we need to, we need to get players like, we have seen it time and again that midfield needs it. Like, who are the players that comes to your mind? Throw me some names. See, um, I have a lot of players that I have been tracking from um, from other clubs, you know, who I follow. Um, so, if I were to say some exciting talents in the in the midfield position, I would go for um, a Zakaria, who actually is a Swiss uh, defensive midfielder. Um, Another Swiss. Uh, another Swiss, another player who's been playing at uh, the Bundesliga at uh, uh, Borussia Mönchengladbach. So he is definitely a good player. He's, he's tall, he's very versatile, he's got speed, he's got everything that you'd want in an Arsenal player or in a player that you'd want for that position. But will that happen is a big million dollar question. Um, 
um so other players there are actually some exciting players as well mark mark roca uh, who is actually playing in the second division now with espanyol um he is a good he is a good player um definitely as well but he is he's got a lot of admirers in uh, other clubs so maybe that that could not potentially happen uh, or we might not know there is one interesting player that that i've been following since the start of last season that's um, his name is uh, griltish he is actually playing as a defensive midfielder for hoffenheim um the system in hoffenheim as the way that um, they're playing it's suffo- supporting him very much to the fact that you know he's been very 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 organized in his uh, defensive capabilities and then and then he he has actually been a very good contributor in terms of their pass breaking ability or whatever that you would want in a defensive midfielder so if i were to think of an alternatives of course party would be the main um, guy that we would need to go for because we need someone who can really come in and then start commanding um that our you know stand behind or um, the attack is just to make sure that you know the ball doesn't come back um but if we were to miss out on him um for any possible reasons then we could potentially go out for the names that i mentioned um again again there could be surprise names which could come out during the last couple of days of the transfer window as it always does because i mean if you could recollect history there's been some huge names who immediately be getting making themselves available um for whatever reasons at their club so we have to just keep our ears eyes and ears open and just wait for these potential players to start popping up so we can make the right moves hmm interesting but ellen uh, ellen uh, there has been talks about saliba going out we were hoping for him to be our next savior but i don't think he's into arteta's plans yet there are talks about him going out what do you make of that no the reason being that like uh, as uh, bob and arun pointed out we are not able to sell all our targets now like if you are able to sell our people right like uh, we would have at least like retained saliba played him few more games because the arteta still believes that uh, is not like uh, a person who can step up immediately like he needs time he would have got that time within our team itself if you are able to sell these players but with these players not able to be sold right like uh, saliba is one like who can everybody any team would be ready to take him on a loan like uh, because he is of good quality so that is why like those rumors have come in but until that happens right will never be known but like i won't be surprised uh, if he went on a loan because we have some good defensive uh, thing let's say now with other players not being sold right there are more cbs in the team now as backups hmm. yeah the problem with us uh, selling is that arsenal don't want these players because they are not quality and that's exactly the reason like other teams don't want these players too no i will uh, have a different approach there like this year right like uh, the transfers are completely different to whatever we have seen in the last 4 5 years yeah so but COVID still you, you, you no 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 but no. you could see COVID aston villa has... making those signings aston no, villa is aston... making all those signings and every club is making those sales chelsea is trying to make sales i mean no, no, no. Yeah, covid see, right? just impacted no but... no no covid has a big impact like see even tiago sting right like even though with like uh, Liverpool having complete thing like they were just paying five million upfront and like remaining later, and there are other clubs right the clubs where we are trying to buy they needed money even see Bayern Munich come up and said that like they're going to lose 
huge amount of money because of uh, no people coming to the ground. Uh, see, there are a lot of other impact that is going to happen this year also. So teams like where we are trying to buy, they, they need immediate money to pay loans or other stuff. So they cannot reduce their uh, amount. And that is happening. Like, say, the team who wants to buy, like, say, in the past, right, they would have got one surplus defender so that, like, it's 8 or 10 million, which is not a big amount. They will be, like, uh, okay with having a backup to backup. But now, right, in this current situation, if they get some other player or, like, they are, one of their players is not leaving, they are not going to buy a backup uh, immediately because that 8 million, 10 million is also a huge amount uh, this year. So that is why, like, the transfers are very slow all across the continent. And that is also the reason why we are not able to sell because all our people are just backups. They won't start like unless it's a very lower league. Okay, Arun, final thoughts on the transfer market. Final thoughts on the transfer market. Uh, just one player that uh, we're not talking about now, uh, Bubakari Sumare. Uh, he's from Lille and uh, he was linked to us, not just us, Liverpool, Chelsea, United, everybody during the January window. And I'm very surprised why no one's talking about him now. He's he's very good prospect. Um, and I feel that we will be ending this window with just maybe getting our or uh, Jorginho on loan. I don't see party happening. Uh, so the way I see it going on is for the next six months, we'll be playing games. It'll be very, very evident that the midfield areas where we are uh, not having anyone and we might make a move in the January window for a midfielder. So uh, that's how I see it. And Saliba, um, yeah, it's right. He has to go on loan. He would. We might not get a lot of... Uh, um, uh, you know, game time playing at Arsenal this season. But the thing is, you remove Saliba out, we do not have a good right-sided uh, defender at all. We'll be left Mustafi. with... Mustafi. Mustafi. I, I really meant what I said when I said uh, we wouldn't be <laughs> having a good player at all. So, uh, holding is not good either. So, when you're talking about Mustafi, you're talking about the worst of the worst. And like I said, there's a reason why we're not able to sell them because if we don't want them, no one else does, you know. We got him for 35 million. I'll be happy if we recoup three and a half million from that. So that's how I see it going on. I see us getting one midfielder now and maybe one in the uh, January window. Oh, okay, okay. Uh, Bob, any other exciting thing happening in across uh, Europe? Any exciting games that we should we should have a look at? Any anything that happened across Europe that you want to talk about? Um, yeah, no, actually, there are a couple of uh, games that, that I've been wanting to talk about. Um, so, if you look at in the La Liga, um, so Ansu Fati, I'm not sure if you yeah. guys... Barcelona. Really, so he again scored uh, today against uh, Celta Vigo. So, Barcelona won the game 3-0. Um, it's just amazing, you know. So, the last... I think you were playing with uh, 10 men for almost like 15 minutes of the game, Barcelona. That's I right, yes. And they were so dominant. And yeah. if you look at the way that Kuman has been playing, um, I mean, this whole setup is uh, they are trying to reduce the uh, you know, dependency on Messi. Um, and it was quite evident from the game, uh, which, is, which is a huge shift in the way that Barcelona has been playing over the years because um, Messi has been an integral, and he is still an integral part of the team. But just that, you know, with, with his, all his public outburst and everything, maybe the team or the board is just preparing for a situation um, that he might uh, finally um, ask in for a transfer um, towards the end of next season. So they're just slowly changing their game plan away from him, which was, which was an absolutely a different thing. Or, you know, you would have, I would have been completely got, got smacked um, if I had told that to, 
last season or something like that earlier so um that was one thing which i really wanted to mention there um and then i also wanted to touch upon um um aaron hickey who's who's actually a scottish talent oh yeah um, he's awesome uh, yeah now he actually has uh, chosen to join uh, bologna this season and he's already made a start there um it was very funny unveiling video and probably the worst of the lot that i've seen over time um you know they they have actually tried i mean who has actually done that really i don't think they deserve a job there <laughs> they could have done much better in that case um but uh, but having said that uh, aaron hickey is um, is a um, right back um, a defensive midfielder he sees his future in the defensive midfield area or in the midfield area to be fair um so they um Um, Mihalovic, uh, who's the Bologna's coach, you know, he has got the history of actually giving a lot of uh, um, starts to youngsters. Um, when he was actually the coach um, of AC Milan, he was the one to um, give uh, Gigi Donnarumma a start. As well as there were myth um, uh, mentioning that um, he was the one who recommended um, the Roma coach back then to start Totti uh, when he was a player alongside with um, um, Totti at Roma. So I mean, he he actually believes in um, a lot of English. I mean, sorry, young talent as such. And then it was rightful that um, um, Hiki chose Bologna over other teams. um i'm just hoping that he would have a good season there bologna as a team um have a good team um and then they have a very good mentality in terms of how to approach games um so yeah that's that's one of the things that i wanted to mention about um inter is on a roll they actually defeated um uh, pippo inzaghi's uh, benvento uh, 4-1 um which was the final score line so um they are actually um getting better from last season on i'm just hoping that they would give a serious fight to juventus there in the in the uh, scudetto race for scudetto so um this is as much as interesting news that i could talk about from the top of my mind of course there's actually a lot of other things as well happening there but yeah i would, I would um try and present more in terms of every league you know i mean i have some few things to talk about in the french league as well um liga um probably will have it as a separate section in the future parts to come and then you know i'll be able to elaborate more on every of those uh, top five leagues in europe yeah i hope Bob, so talking I... about uh, uh talking yeah. about juventus and uh, messi ronaldo messi showdown in champions league did you see the draw oh yeah it's it's uh, it's actually a very tasty draw isn't it <laughs> so one yeah. definitely to look out for they are they are both two different players at the moment both of them are not the center of gravity anymore with other players taking precedence yeah. but it should still be a very uh, interesting draw because messi would take inspiration from all those um, rivalries over the years and he would definitely try and put up a performance even though i quite doubt he would do it for the current barcelona team and the board but still um, he would definitely want to prove one against his old rival so yeah now that's definitely a game to look out for in the champions league and the european league twitter handle right they have uh, welcomed manchester united to uel after the draw yesterday <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
well it no, is what think, it is i think many of us were predicting a very uh, very uh, damp draw for them uh, they have got some exciting fixtures there and yeah i think uh, as an arsenal fan we could we could very soon be hoping them i mean to uh, for them to join us in the europa league <laughs> <laughs> okay so talking about messi actually uh there was a question raised by one of our listener uh yeah we do have listeners uh so <laughs> he asked us a question about loyalty is is loyalty like uh is is it still existing in football or is loyalty overrated right now bob what what do you think about that it's a very loosely coupled word that i would say because um loyalty whatever that you have you've heard or you've seen in plays in the past is not the same as uh, what's been followed right now people would say they are loyal until or unless they get a better offer or you know or a better wage at an different club and who values all the you know things i mean i'm talking about from players perspective who would really want to look at and um, do things in a club which doesn't offer them a in terms of a that their wage or b in terms of their aspirations in terms of what the club should achieve or what the club is moving towards um, and if they are not able to um, get all those things that they need then then probably you know they they i i don't think um, they would be really thinking twice about making a move out um, and what we saw uh, when we grew up watching football is not the same as the football that we are seeing today it's got a much more a commercial element and there's actually a lot of social media and things involved um it's not the same anymore and and i don't see i don't think you should actually put loyalty into this context because it's much different to what it was um before which is not relevant in the current circumstances anymore yeah that's true traditionally uh, when we say like north london club arsenal we don't have any north london players actually i mean apart from our uh, uh, academy talent we don't have any london players we don't have a core of english players if you consider that that we are moving away from the whole concept of uh, of of club football uh, arun there was another question uh, i would direct this to you last season we had this amazing surprise sale of alexi wobi to everton i don't know how we pulled that off everton kind of um, was duped uh, i guess we kind of had drinks over and like they were like yeah i'll take alexi wobi no the story yeah. where like they sell a, a dog and they say like they put a sheep's thing on it and say yeah, yeah, oh yeah. here's a sheep yeah, 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 i yeah. think that's pretty much what happened <laughs> so do you see something like that happening do you see someone going like uh, for 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 something like nelson or maybe like balagon i don't know are we going to get some kind of like uh, surprise but happy surprise sales around the end of the transfer do this you, is also a question me, yeah do, do you want me to talk, uh, talk about like the surprises that i want to happen or the surprises that are likely to happen uh, a bit of both i guess <laughs> a bit of both okay <laughs> so in that case like i i honestly i don't see any big player moving at this point um I like just to put in Ozil. context i'm saying because of, no i don't see him moving um ozil is not going to move he's going to stay uh the thing is uh, i'm just trying to put it in context because it will be got as 40 million so 40 million is a lot of money in any transfer window we will on this one 
So if we were to be talking about players who could fetch that kind of money, no, I don't see anyone who could fetch us that kind of money leaving, you know, um, because we are struggling to uh, push players out. Mustafi is injured, no one's going to get him. Uh, and even if we do like try and all the other players that we're actually talking about, you know, like the Kolasinaches, the Socrates, uh, we have been trying to like push them out for a long time. So it is never, not really going to be a surprise if, if those guys leave. So to answer you on that, I really don't think we're going to be having any big last minute surprise just because of how much, how difficult it has been so far to get our players out. It's not like they've not been trying, you know. We've been like going around everywhere in Europe, knocking on everybody's door and trying to offload Gondosi. And that has not happened, you know. Like this guy was supposed to be like a generational talent, supposed to like lead the team and, and, and all that stuff. Uh, the way in which he was hyped up last season and, and the things that are happening right now with him are kind of an indication of how the market is growing and how people, the kind of players that people want and how much they're willing to spend. So in that situation, I really don't see someone who could command a huge fee going out or someone who's experienced and a better player going out. If at all someone does go out, it would be like all these, uh, shall I say, useless fellows. Kicked <laughs> 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 out, but that's the only thing that I see. You know, like apart from that, no, I don't, I don't see any surprises. All right. Uh... Okay, that's uh, that's two questions. We we would try to take more like in future uh, episodes, but I guess like that's uh, that's enough for today. And uh, uh, one last thing is we have to do our predictions for the Sheffield game. Uh, so let's start with Ellen. Ellen, what's your prediction for the Sheffield United game? Uh, it'll be two zero. Okay. Sheffield is at like a very bad position. I don't expect them to score, and they'll definitely concede. Okay. Len says 2-0. Bob, what's your take? Sheffield um, uh, United did uh, succeed in taking four points off us last season. So exactly. it was definitely a much different team. Uh, but but uh, this time around, it's definitely going to be different. And we're playing at home. I mean, um, and Sheffield um, haven't really scored any goals so far in the league. Um, so um, I expect us to be very dominant in the game. I expect a 3-0 win. Okay, 3-0. Uh, Arun? It would be a 2-0 or 2-1. Like uh, Bob said, it's a home game. Sheffield have not been good. Like I, I have been telling this right from the beginning. They had like a, an off-season last time where they, were, they, were, they came in the top 10. But that's not going to repeat. Not just because of them not strengthening or becoming uh, better. It's about the teams around them. You know, like they've gotten a lot better. So Sheffield will probably go back to where they belong, 10 to 20. Uh, and in, in the situation, I don't, it might be a little difficult for us. We might, con, you know, concede the usual goal that we always do. But I see us winning. You know, I don't, I don't think we should be having any trouble with that. Okay. I see us winning by a huge margin, like 4-0 or something. Because I, I feel that like... That's bold. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> because Sheffield has been like really shit. Let's put it that way. And then, like, uh, like we have been having like Aubameyang hasn't scored like last game, which is a which is a oddity for him. And uh, William hasn't really kicked off, or like our midfield hasn't really kicked off. So I guess we'll get like a lot of shots, a lot of goals, and uh, this is a game where we could kind of impose ourselves. We don't have to like sit back and like uh, do what we did against Liverpool or like. We don't have to do that. We could kind of like 
and I think they would play into our hands. So I think like we'll get a four zero win. Uh, wow. But that's a very but, bold prediction, man. Yeah. Bolder than Bob. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but uh, that's that's what I I hope. I think uh, maybe, uh, but that's that's the Sheffield game. So thanks everyone. It's been a nice spot. Uh, see you after the Sheffield game. I guess like it's going to be an international break, and we'll have a lot more to discuss. Bye and thanks. And that is the end of the pod. For more Arsenal-related content, please like, subscribe, and share to the Awake Owners Podcast. See you next week. Arsenal! Arsenal!